Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's things in our life that try to exalt itself above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It could be a worry or sickness. It could be grief. It could be anything. Let us lift our hands up right now and open our mouths and exalt the Lord higher. Let's lift them up higher than any trouble, any opposition, any pain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exalt him right now in this place. In the name of Jesus. Lift them up. Hallelujah. 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 Exalt them tonight, saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You got to get that in your spirit. God is exalted in this place. Hallelujah. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. He's a mighty good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Hallelujah. We're not as strong as we think without the Lord. It'll be some of the minute things that will send you in the, in the happy house. They call it where they strap you up and put you in a room. It's people that broke for way less things. And you're here still standing in the house of God, giving him praise and giving him honor. God is a good God this evening. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something happens when you exalt the Lord. Hallelujah. Something happens. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not going to be before you long tonight. I'm not going to be before you long. If you pray with me right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are, for the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. For your salvation, God, you have become our salvation. And we don't take it lightly, Lord God. We magnify you, Jesus. You are our lily of our valley, Lord God. Hallelujah. It's personal. He's the lily of my valley. Hallelujah. The brighter morning star. Hallelujah. You are my strong tower, Jesus, that I may run in and be safe, Lord. God, I ask right now in Jesus' name, let your word go forth, Lord God. Break up the fallow ground. God, I ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you could turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. A very familiar passage of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 1.
verse number five. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thy camest forth, out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I'm going to read that one more time. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I want to speak with a title tonight of purpose. Purpose. It was tough tonight for me to, I, I told my wife earlier, I didn't even know what scripture I was going to start with tonight. The Bible is full of direction and guidance of the way we should walk and talk. And we can, I can take this either way and, and, and down different veins of things, but the Lord laid something on my heart, and I'm, I'm going to pray that I be able to deliver it the way he gave it to me. But the word purpose, the definition, the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Synonyms is motives, motivation, cause, occasion, reason, point, basis, or even justification. A person's sense of resolve or determination can be defined as your purpose. Staff is backbone, driven, or push. If we know what we were made for, you will have more purpose and you will be doing things more on purpose than on accident. Amen. Sometimes we feel like we just go and live life and work, take care of our family. And a lot of times people feel like they find fulfillment and purpose in that. But that's not the reason why God made us. Just to work a nine to five and a, just take care of our family, which is a very important institution. The family is the first thing that the Lord instituted. But that's just not the only thing that we were made for. Our purpose is to be like Christ. We were made and formed in his image. And Christ, he walked a perfect life, a sinless life. And the Bible talks about how he gives gifts unto men that we come to the unity of the faith and we be no more children tossed to and fro by whatever wind and doctrine that come our way, but we become into the measure and the statue of Christ. But a lot of times we get distracted by life, woes, and cares, and we lose track of what our purpose is in this life. If you could turn with me to Ecclesiastes, I have a, somebody going to read for me. But before I go there, he told Jeremiah that I knew thee before I formed you in your belly. The word know is the Hebrew word yada. And I'm not going to get on, I don't got my accordions up here, but 
is yada. And it's the same word in the Hebrew where Adam knew his wife and they conceived a child. The knowing is just not an intellectual or just knowledge of something. It's to have a communion with, to know. The Bible talks about how his people, God says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. That's the same knowing, for the lack of intimacy, for the lack of communion with me. We have to spend time with God in order to know our purpose, to get our purpose, to get our assignment. If we don't, there's plenty of things in this world that will try to give you an assignment, that will try to direct you in their paths and their liking and what they feel like is right. The Bible says that there is a way that seemed right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. And Jesus described that there's a broad way. Many go there for, and many are destroyed. But there's a narrow way that we must go. And in order to find that narrow way and to walk on that narrow way and have power to sustain on that narrow way, we have to be in communion and know our purpose. Amen. Now, the Bible talks about the preacher and the ecclesiastics, the teacher. And this was Solomon, the son of David. And he reigned over Israel when he had peace. He did not have any wars. He had great success. He was wise. Now I know the story of Solomon where people came far off just to see if the stories that they heard was true. And we see in the second book of, the second chapter of Ecclesiastics where he described him trying to find happiness. He had the resources. He was a king. He had the knowledge. And in order to understand the book of Ecclesiastics, it's a theme that's all the way through it. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's a theme that's all the way through the book of Ecclesiastics. He said, I observe under the sun. And he says that repeatedly. Under the sun, I've seen this, and under the sun, I observed that. And the point of view which he's trying to share with the reader is, without God, this is how man try to find happiness and try to find fulfillment. And what's the purpose of things under the sun on this terra firma? If you could turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and begin at verse 1, if my reader can take that for me. I said in my heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet quainting my heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works. I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. I had planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. 
I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar tre tre treasure of kings and of the province. I got me men singers and woman singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no prophet under the sun. No prophet under the sun. If you see... He had the measure and, and the pleasures at his hand to do anything he wanted. He planted, planted vineyards, and he had the best singers, and he did anything, anything that his eyes wanted, he did not hold back. And he found emptiness. He didn't find no fulfillment in that. A lot of people feel like if they just had just a little more, they can find fulfillment. If they just had a little more success, or if they had things that was readily available to them and they had access to them, they feel like everything would be okay. But the preacher here, which is Solomon, says it's all vanity and vexation of spirit. It's emptiness. You can try all you can. You will not, it's like chasing the wind, he says. Pleasures do not give you any fulfillment in this life. Verses 12 through 16, he talks about wisdoms. I know that there is no gods in them, but, but and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. And I know that whatsoever God does, and it shall be forever, neither can put it in nor take anything from it. And God do it, and the man shall fear before him. It's things that God provides for us that we have to be content with. We can work and toil all our life and the Bible talks about how it'd be left to another. We don't know if our son or our daughter is the one who would inherit what we have, will be a fool or be wise with it. Why would you work all your life and give it to somebody and like the prodigal son and go and to spend it all in one season. It's not worth it. You will not find no purpose in that. In Ecclesiastes number two, chapter two, it, it, it shows in between verse one and 11 that pleasures won't do it. Wisdom, you can have all the education that you can get. And sometimes people feel like if you get the right degrees and the right, the right, the degrees that's on the wall behind you in the right job that you can control your outcome of your life. But that do not make you not acceptable to sickness and different things that can come your way that you cannot control. Now, I'm not saying that it don't matter if you become a fool or not. It's best to get wisdom, get all you can get, get understanding. But clearly he's talking about men's wisdom, which the Bible says is foolishness. Men's wisdom is foolishness unto God. 
If you get all that thinking that you can find fulfillment in that, some people bury themselves in books. And the Bible says, much learning will make you mad. <laughs> it will. It'll, it'll make you crazy. I done met some crazy, smart folks. But you cannot find fulfillment just in education. And some people try to find fulfillment in their labor. You can't do it. You can't do it. The only fulfillment that you will have, the Bible is an old song. It, the Bible doesn't say it. It's scriptures where they, they, they bring emphasis from it is only thing that you do for Christ will last. Only the things that you do for Christ will last. Some people, when, when, they, when, they, when they, they look and they see other people accomplishing certain things and building buildings or whatever, no matter what good that you do, even that it seems good, you know, you can build orphanage, you can, you can feed the hungry, you can do all that. There's plenty of people that's not in church that do that and try to find fulfillment in that. It can make you feel good. There's some good things in that. But still, that's not your purpose. You won't find purpose in those things either. The best thing you can do is humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The end of Ecclesiastes conclude with this is the conclusion, conclusion of the whole matter that you, you, you love mercy and, and walk humbly before your God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 9, if you could turn there with me. Watch my time. I promise I'm not going to be up here before you long. Wherefore we labor that rather present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Lay not treasures on earth where moth and rust can and thieves can break through and, and steal. Lay up your treasure in heaven. You cannot find fulfillment in these things. When God said, I know you in your, in the, from the belly, from the, from the womb, do you think he had your job in mind when he was talking about that? Your career, your, your golf game, and your basketball scores, your stats and all that, March Madness coming up. You think he had your brackets in mind when he was talking about stuff like that? Some people go the length and, and put all their all in stuff like that to try to find happiness. But that's not where it can be found. We have to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, before you came forth, before you came out the womb, I knew you. We find our purpose at home base. Amen. 
When your mother and father came together, it was purpose behind that. When you was conceived. And I'm going to take it even deeper. You know, the church is the mother of us all. Amen. And that's why we need to be born again. We, 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 some people running around and trying to find purpose in this world, you will never find it. Never find it. Chasing the wind, you will never, if you get it, then what you going to do with it? It'll flee from you again. But when you come to the church and you come out of this wound, you come through the baptism of, of, of the water, born again of the water and of the spirit, you find your purpose in here. And that's to be like Christ. Amen. A lot of times we get, as Christians and, and as saints, we get sidetracked of what our purpose is. We can do good. That's, that's a plus. Amen. Do, do good. That's, man can see your works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But that's not just your purpose. That's not just your purpose. Our purpose is to come to the full measure of Christ. And the way that we learn our purpose is to be led by the Spirit. If we be led by our flesh, we continue to, to seek after things that gratify our flesh. But if we allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, God will lead us down the paths of righteousness like our pastor preached. He will lead and guide you into all truth. You'll know that you are a child of God. You're not a mistake. You're not just some, somebody on the third rock from the sun spinning out of control. You're not just, you know, another member on this pew or on the seat. God has purpose for you in your life. God wants you to touch everything that's around you. God wants you to, to be light and salt in this world. That's your purpose. That's your purpose, to serve your generation. I remember years ago, uh, before, before I came and, and became a member here, I was reading, and, and, and I believe in the, the book of Chronicles, where they have this, this person did what was right in the sight of God, and, or this person served their generation and slept with their fathers. And it goes, you know, get repetitive after that. It goes over and over and over. It tells you who lived, who died, whether they was wicked or whether they're not. But it always, the ones that was righteous said they served their generation and they slept with their fathers. In my generation, I wanted to be said that I served my generation. I, didn't want, I just didn't live for myself. I didn't just, just did or do things that gratified myself. Just like God came to become a servant. He, he, he came and manifested himself in the flesh. The Bible says he thought of not robbing to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and humbled himself. Humbled himself. And became obedient, even obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And then the Lord, the Bible says, he highly exalted him. Some of y'all trying to get exalted now. Some of y'all want people to see what you got now. I'd rather you see what I have in heaven. I'd rather meet you on the streets of gold and say, look, brother, look what, look, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Amen. Lay up your treasures in heaven. I heard brother, brother Bernard 
he was he was he, he blew me away and, and my son told me the other night he said dad don't you know there are streets of gold I said yes there is yes there is and and and, and it took me back to think of how the Bible is very figurative when it speaks of visions in heaven and different things like that. And he was asking me, what's all up there? What, what else? I said, baby, we, we have to read when we get home. I'm going to show you. You know, I told him about the pearl. That's one gate. It's 12 gates. And I, I just tried, you know, I'm talking to a six-year-old. And I remember Brother Bernard was teaching how he said that the reason the Bible talks about the streets of gold, you know, when, when, when we here on this earth say somebody's on the street, or if you're living on the street, it's kind of like the, the, the scum or gutter, and that's, that's like low status. But here on earth, all of our currency and trade is backed up with gold, which is our highest value. Here on earth, gold is our highest value, but in heaven, that's what the streets are made out of. So think what's high value in, in heaven. Build your treasure up in heaven. There's some things in heaven that's going to blow you away. Things in heaven that's going to blow you away. Things in, I'm telling you, the Bible says your eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. But it's been revealed to us by we've got a taste of glory. That's why it's good we exalt his name in here. We get a taste of glory every time we exalt Jesus in his place. I don't know about y'all, we had a good time on Sunday, but Monday came around. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, Monday came back around, and then Tuesday, but I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us, let us come into the house of the Lord to get this taste of glory. Know your purpose. Know your purpose. I'm about to wrap up. I'm, I, I, I'm away from my notes. I ain't need them anyway, but I'm going to tell you something. Don't get distracted. Don't let the curls of this world blind you. He said, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am that you may be also. Who want to be where Jesus is? I just want to see the look upon his face. Hallelujah. That's why I'm running this race. I just, I want to see Jesus. I want to see him in peace. And if that means I have to humble myself, if that means I have to keep my mouth shut sometimes, if that means I might have to give, take a bruise or two to my ego, I'll take it. That he may get glory. That I, I exalt him and let my light shine. Like Pastor said, I have to break that vessel. That vessel get broke so light can shine through. I'm willing. We have to be willing. Our purpose is not to be, you know, the, 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 in the mainstream and to have our names on everybody's lips, have a big house on the hill. If you have that, God bless you. Use it to the glory of God. Amen. 
And I'm not saying that you got to be on the streets of the gutter. But whatever you do, yo, 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 whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, in word or deed, that is your purpose. When I see you coming, it's an old song. When you see me coming, I got them on my mind. When I see you coming, I want, I want to know that Jesus is on your mind. Have fellowship with people with like faith, like precious faith. That know it ain't, it ain't about me. It's not about you. It's, it's not about my preference, what I like, my desires. I, I, I tell my wife, I told my wife this before we left. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. If that means I got to decrease and he, him increase, if I had to beat my body under subjection, that I myself won't be a castaway, that's the role that we have to take. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start wrapping it up. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Starting at verse 1, it says, Then when Jesus, then was Jesus laid led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I wanted to read that in contrast that to Mark. If you go to the book of Mark, that's immediately after Jesus was baptized. Mark chapter 1, as soon as when he came about the water, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost descended on him like in the form of a dove. And John heard the voice, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you hear Mark, Matthew just said, immediately after that, he was led to the wilderness. The Spirit led him to the wilderness. But Brother Mark, he records in chapter 12, Verse 12 of chapter 1, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And I'm a student of the Bible, and I read both of these, and Luke got the same record, and Luke says that he was led. But I said, why Mark said that the Spirit drove him? Drove. It's the difference between getting led and dri driven. Amen. And some people look at that and say, oh, that's a contradiction. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, that that's not a contradiction. Sometimes the, the Holy Ghost will go before you. And if we allow him, he will lead us and guide us. But sometimes we can get distracted. We can feel like we're doing all right. We can start and put our, 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 our saint mode on cruise control. And then the Holy Ghost had to come behind you and drive you. You ever seen people drive sheep? That, that shepherd, can, he'll lead you in paths of green pastures and besides still waters. But sometimes if there's some dangers that the sheep don't see, that shepherd would drive them. Come on, yeah, 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 get. And start driving them in a way that they should go. 
And I was looking, I said, Lord, is that a contradiction? The Spirit led him and drove him at the same time. And when I looked at that and I was contemplating, I was looking, going back and forth, looked at the Greek, tried to study it, and the Lord dropped in my spirit. Purpose. Purpose. Sometimes for us to fulfill our purpose, you know, the Bible says, and we know all things, all things work together for the good, for the good, for the good. And those who are called according to his purpose. Some of those things, we, we can be led, we see something nice, we, we, can, we can be led easy to it. But sometimes God will have to drive us to certain things. And it's all for his purpose. Some of y'all might feel that God is driving you. How did you end up in this situation? This wasn't supposed to turn out like this. But you feel a driving in your spirit. You feel something pushing you and urging you. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Jesus was on the way to the wilderness to be tempted. And a lot of times he had to, he, he went and, and was, was without food or drink for 40 days. He had to mortify his flesh. And it gave him strength when the tempter came and tried to tempt him with the things of this world. But the purpose that God had for him led him right into that. Led him and drove him to the wilderness. Sometimes you have to go places where you feel like you don't want to go, but you need to go. To put your flesh to, to death. To give you strength. I, me and my wife were talking about fasting, I believe it was today. If you put your flesh to death, your spirit will get strength. If you just feed your flesh all the time, TV, entertainment, food, all that, Facebook, Twitter, the ground, and your spirit over there is shaking because it ain't got no nutrients, no nothing, you ain't read, you ain't prayed, but if you reverse the roles, Reverse the roles. Reverse the roles. I remember a, a, a minister used to tell me when somebody used to do something bad to them, rub them the wrong way, and they feel a certain way about it, and they'd be like, oh, okay, I got to pray. I got to, I got to let that go. And sometimes it's easier to say let it go than to let it go. And so what he said he would do was he would fast until his body tell him, okay, brother, we're going to let that go. <laughs> We're going to let that go. You have to bring yourself under subjection to do the will of God. So Sometimes it's not going to be all easy peasy mac and cheesy over here on this journey. There's some things that God requires of us that we have to put ourselves and our flesh to death. We have to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, holy and acceptable. But rather, if you feel like you get driven tonight, and I hope most of you being led, and maybe you're going doing both, God have a plan for you. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. 
He knows. He knows. He knows. When, when, when Jesus told Peter, I pray for you that your faith fell if not. You know, faith is a word that's hardly seen in the Old Testament. It's, it's basically trust. It's belief. He's, I pray that your trust fell if not. Sometimes we'll see things. We can experience some, some, some things that will rock our world. And we have a question like, why God? How did this happen? Why did this happen? But if you just learn to trust him, hold on to every promise, every word, and know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and trust him, no matter how hurt or how, how it feel, how it look, we don't walk by sight anyway. We got to walk by faith. And faith will lead you, and, and faith will allow the spirit to drive you. Sometimes people get driven and they, they, they cut off and run and get lost somewhere. I don't got to take this. I don't got to put up with this. You know, they have a plan B. Saints, we, we should have a plan B. Christ is our all in all. He's the answer. He's the author. He's the beginning and the end. He's our shelter. He's our food. He's our water. Amen. Amen. I know some people keep an ace in their back pocket. If this don't work out, then I have to go back to... No. <laughs> we got to lay it all at the altar and trust God. Trust him. I pray that I said something that will help you. I pray that you allow God to lead you, guide you, drive you, whatever you have to do. So old song say, whatever you have to do, I must be saved. Whatever you have to do, I must be saved, God. I must be saved. I'd rather be limping into heaven than running into hell. Amen. God, take whatever you have to take. Do whatever you have to do. You know, back in the day, they say shine the light. Lord, shine. Nowadays, we got technology shine a laser. Sometimes laser burns some things. It can cut. God, he can be precise. I, I was just teaching the class, be honest before the Lord. Be honest before him. God, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I, I don't, it don't make sense to me. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. But God, I trust you. Trust the Lord. Has he failed anybody here? Anybody? Have you failed anybody? The Bible is a song that says, we come this far by faith. Trust him in his holy word. Trust him in his holy word. Trust him. Trust him, no matter what it looked like, saints. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. He has a plan for you. He know the ear from the beginning. He know the ear from the beginning. I, I had somebody tell me, I was in God's timing. And I smiled at them. I said, thank you, appreciate it. I know what they mean. But I had the, the word came to me, God don't, he's eternal. He's not bound by time. So no matter if the 
clock is tick tock, tick tock. Trust him. You hear what I'm saying? Trust him. Well, they said I only got this much, or I got three months, or I got four months. Trust God. Trust God. He's not bound by time. We are. He created time. God is eternal. And that's why we have to exalt him over time. Exalt him over trouble. Exalt him over pain. Exalt him over unbelief. Amen. If the, if the musicians could come. It's an old song that says, God leads his children alone. Some through the waters, some through the floods, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Amen. Trust God. What more can he do? He, he done laid the foundation. He opened up the way. He came and died. All you have to do is walk. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Through Christ Jesus. That's your purpose. You, you are, you have, God created you to be victorious. Don't live nowhere beneath your privilege of what God died for you. He sent the Holy Ghost to come alongside you. You got all the help you need. And if you don't feel that, the altars is open. We can pray for you. Amen. Y'all got a song for me? Come on. Amen. How many know prayer changes things? Prayer changes things. I just want to encourage you. If, you, if something's in your way or in your, in, in, your, in your life, in your family that's seen unmovable, if you have rivers that you can't cross, a mountain that you can't tunnel through, something that doesn't seem impossible, God will give you strength. He'll give you wisdom. The Bible says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask. Sometimes we see that mountain and we freeze. We don't even open up our mouth. We don't say nothing. Let us ask. God, I need strength. God, I need wisdom. God, I need provision. Don't let your pride keep your mouth shut. You have not because you ask not. He said, you can ask anything in my name. No, no good thing will I withhold from you. Not one good thing will he withhold from you. If you feel like you deserve something and you ain't got it, you don't need it. Because he wouldn't withhold it from you. If, if you had to have it, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody or nothing else. The altar is open. Walk by faith, saints, and not by sight. No matter how bad it may look, no matter how much time you got, no matter what the doctor may say, 
God can underturn and undertake and, and change, change situations. There been times I'll pray for something and cry for something. And God will give me peace on it. I almost forget that I prayed about it. And look back. Something that was troubling me. Something that I was losing sleep about. He'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And you'll look back at God that did that thing. Trust God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. 